Welcome to the Dwelling Place Church audio podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We pray God speaks to you today through this message and through His Word. For more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org. Now, it's time to listen to this week's message. Today, I want to use one verse of Scripture in the beginning to set sort of the tone and the foundation, what the Lord has put in my heart and what I want to communicate uh, to each of you that are here today. And uh, as you're turning to Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 9, the gospel of Mark, the gospel of Mark, if you're not a big reader, even though, you know, the saying goes, leaders are readers, but even if you're not a, a big reader, that probably means Mark is your favorite gospel account because <laughs> it is the shortest of 16 chapters. And Mark writes in a way that he gets straight to the punch. Like you'll see over and over in his gospel account the word immediately. We got any people that like things to happen immediately? Well, Mark speaks your language. But in Mark 1 and verse 19... Here's what the text says. When he had gone a little further, notice that. Just a little further. I'm going to preach today. He just went a little further from there. And he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother who also were in the boat, mending their nets. I want to preach a message today titled, Forward. Follow me forward. Before I do, I'd like to pray. Father, we thank you for access to your throne of grace through Jesus Christ, the King that was crucified. Lord, it's in the simplicity of Christ, the anointed one crucified, that, Lord, you display your wisdom and your power that's able to save and to deliver and to minister and to heal hurts and free us from bitterness and traps of the enemy. God, I just pray that by your Holy Spirit that you would speak to hearts and minds, to marriages, to careers, to people today. Holy Spirit, make much of Jesus. I yield myself to you sweet anointing of God. We declare that Jesus Christ is Lord of this church, of His church, and He builds it and the gates of hell will not prevail. That no weapon formed against your people shall prevail nor prosper. For great is thy faithfulness. For this we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Growing up in the great state of Kentucky, I, of course, was a basketball fan. You see how I switched that today after yesterday. But growing up as a Kentucky Wildcat basketball fan, one summer I attended a University of Kentucky basketball camp. I won't mention who the coach was at that time because I, I want to distance myself from him. I don't want to be investigated. But I think I was in the fifth or sixth grade at the time. Now, 
I'm a type of person growing up in sports where I was a game player. I'm not a practice type player in person. I'm a put me in the game and let me just show you. Put me in the game and just let me learn. Let me get after it. I wasn't much of a practice type of player. So it was to my surprise that at this camp, there at the university, when at some point they let a, let a group of us into a classroom away from the basketball court. I was like, what, what? Taking us away from the basketball court into a classroom? But my man, the presenter, he got me. Zach, he got me. At first I judged him. Pray for me. I did. I judged him at first. Because out of the gate, he exposed his topic of discussion. You know what it was? Stretching. Stretching. And I didn't come to no basketball camp to hear about stretching. I came to show you on a breakaway how I'm going to slap backboards and maybe touch the net. When he, when he mentioned stretching, I about fell out of my chair. I was like, what, what? But then he explained something. He explained how you could save the amount of trips that you would take running up and down the court per game via stretching. He said that if you will listen and learn about stretching, that when you add up the amount of steps per game, you would actually end up running less. Because your stride would increase. I sat up and listened. You know why? Because when, it, when a race would take place out of the gate, I could beat about anybody out of the gate. They said, on your mark, get set, go, out of the gate. And I look around, I would be in the front almost always. But something happened right before the 40-yard mark. I would be passed by people that were fast and had longer legs and longer strides. Now, I know you're surprised by that with my massive stature up here. But it would happen. So I set up because I said, wait a minute now. He might be on to something that would help me. That the larger the stride, the less laps up and down the court. That the larger the stride, the quicker I could move forward faster. That just by a little consistent stretching over time, I could move closer to the goal of getting down the court and scoring. Just a little stretching could have a major impact over the long haul. When I think about following Jesus and I think about His invitation to us to follow Him, you have to understand that a purpose of Jesus that was given to Him by the Father was to find and receive the men whom the Father had given Him out of the world. John 17 makes that very clear. Many people don't even know that today, that that was part of the purpose of why the Father sent Him 
that the Father had men that He was to receive, to disciple, to equip. And so, as we follow Him to true Neverland experiences like we preached and talked about the first week of this, first Sunday of this month, as we follow Him into the wilderness, as Pastor Craig last Sunday preached, we are also to follow Him by moving forward in whatever purpose the Father has appointed for us. I wonder today how many of you are currently or have been before, have asked the question, when God? When, Lord, what you put in me am I going to begin to experience? Lord, when the promise that you've ignited in my heart am I going to actually experience and walk in it? Am I the only one that's ever asked, when, Lord, will I enter a new season? When, Lord, were things I've been believing and praying for, I actually see with my natural eyes, not just my spiritual eyes by faith. And it's to this question of when that we speak to and we look at today because the text that we read in Mark 1 and 19 says regarding our King, regarding Jesus who invites you and I regardless of where we're at in life to follow Him. It says when He had gone a little farther from there, He saw James the son of Zebedee and John his brother. The importance of him seeing James and John is that you got to understand that one of the purposes, the main, one of the main purposes the Father gave him was to find men that the Father had for him in the world. Men that he would call to himself, that he would teach, that he would mold, that he would equip, that would be representation of his character and his kingdom and the culture of the kingdom invading the earth and impacting the lost, the hurting, the broken, the depressed, the despised, and the rejected around them. I don't know what your there is this morning, but I know what fired in my heart this week. And it's the Lord saying just a little further. I don't know currently where you're at in the process of what you're believing for, what the Holy Spirit has given you faith for, what you're expecting where you're looking for breakthroughs in family members or siblings you've been praying for or breakthroughs in deliverance in your own life. You're asking questions. But what I hear and what triggered and fired in my heart was a little further. Notice Jesus. He's walking, following the Father and what the Father has for him. And he don't know when he's going to finally encounter one of his main purposes, which is to find the men that the Father has for him. The Bible makes it clear that Jesus was tempted and always like you and I, yet He was without sin. Meaning He understands our infirmities. He understands the emotions that we experience. He's well acquainted with our griefs, the Scripture says. What this means is, is He heard thoughts from Satan like you and I hear. He heard thoughts that come that said, when is it going to happen? When are you going to find the men that God has called you to find. He experienced thoughts that begin to make him have emotions to question. The thing is, he never sinned. He took every thought captive into obedience to the Father, just like Paul tells us to take every thought captive into obedience of Christ in 2 Corinthians 10. But understand that Jesus understands where you're at. And it's to that that notice the text says, he, when he had gone a little further from there, 
He saw James and John. See, I think how often we would be like, Lord, give me the fulfillment of the promise. Then I'll go do what you ask of me. God, if you will do this, then Lord, I'll finally surrender this area of my heart I've been holding back from you. But it's to this that this text in the message speaks to. That it's not always supply and demand. It's not always that God gives you the finances you need for the dream He's put within you first. It's not always He gives you in the visible the resources for what it is that you're going after that He's called you to. That there are times as we follow Jesus, as Jesus followed the Father, that it's going to be first God demands something, and then in your obedience to the faith of what He demands, the supply shows up. This is what we see here. And Jesus, though he's not seeing the supply showing up, he's still following the Father. And notice it's just when he went a little further than the supply showed up. I want to tell some people today, just go a little further. Just a little further. You don't have to think about what is the hundredth step from now. You don't need to think about what is the fifth season from now. You need to hear that what God is saying to you right now is just a little further. And in your obedience to that faith, watch then the supply show up just around the corner. Watch the things that God has for you begin to show up and be revealed. Watch promises begin to be fulfilled, but it's just a little further. God says a little further. When the obedience of faith is displayed, then the supply shows up. When you look at Jesus and you look at His ministry, I see several areas that God could be speaking to different individuals and marriages and people here today where the Holy Spirit is saying to you, go a little further in this area. The first is in Mark chapter 1 and verse 21. The t- Text in the gospel account of the writer Mark says, Then they went into Capernaum. And immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and taught. If we're called to follow Jesus and we begin to look at rhythms in his life, you'll find, as the text says later, that it was his custom on the Sabbath to go into the synagogue. Jesus didn't ever have a problem with gathering, with the community of God that God was trying to mold trying to be a witness to the nations of his kingdom. Maybe for some of you, God is saying, just go a little further in engaging my community. You've been coming, or maybe it's your first time, and maybe God's saying, now go a little further and come your second time. Maybe you've been here a month, and maybe the Lord is saying, go a little further in engaging community and get signed up for growth phases in January. Maybe he's saying go a little further in engaging in community by being a part of the connect groups that will be serving today and some served yesterday. But notice Jesus entered the synagogue. It was his custom. The synagogue represented at the time the community that God was building and seeking to desire to build to be a light and to be a witness to the nations and the hurting around. Maybe some of you God is saying to your questions, go a little further in engaging God in community. See, what God has provided for us in Jesus Christ is not just a personal relationship with Jesus, it's also a relationship with Christ in each of us brothers and sisters. 
That's why Paul, and one of the main metaphors of Scripture is that we are God's body and individually members of it. Sometimes the things that we are desiring, the things that we're asking for, the things that we're waiting on, God is saying, I first demand you to go a little further in community and then the supply of what you've been praying for, hoping for, desiring, begins to show up. Go a little further in community. The next area for some of you, we find in the next verse. And they were astonished at his teaching. Mark 1, For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. For some of you, I believe maybe the Lord's saying, you need to, it's time now to go a little further in your words. You can't be an honest student and disciple of Scripture and not walk away with, after you've read enough of it, the important Scripture puts upon our words. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. James 3 says your tongue is like a little rudder that will direct your whole life. Some of you, I think the Lord would say to you today, go a little further with your words. See, Jesus didn't just have words, but he had words that had authority on them. What this means is, is Jesus wasn't walking around giving his opinions. He wasn't walking around giving his thoughts. Jesus said, I only say what the Father tells me to say. And because he was completely surrendered, surrendered to the Father, he had authority being displayed in his life. Some of you, the Lord's challenged you to go a little further in your words, to stop speaking your own words, your own frustrations, your own opinions, and start speaking, thus saith the Lord about my situation. That though the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord says he's going to take up a standard. That the enemy, though he comes, the Lord shall be my shield. He shall be my rear guard. That he is faithful. Never will you see the righteous seed begging for bread. But I'm going to have the seed of God and the word of God in my words. I'm going a little further in my words. I'm not going to sit back and complain and let the devil fill my mind and my heart with his imaginations, with his lies, with his oppression. I'm going a little further with my words. I'm going to get God's authority and God's word in my words and in my mouth about my situation because the promises of God are yes and amen. For some of you, it's time to go a little further in your words with those you've been praying for, those that you've been conversing with, with people at work and people on the job and with neighbors. God's saying, now's the time to go a little further. You've built a relationship. You've built a bridge. You've got some agreement and affinity. But now I want my authority to come out of you to begin to challenge the oppression and the lies and the deception of the devil in their lives. And I want you to go a little further now. I want you to speak the word of God to them and to their situation. Someone say a little further. Go a little further in God's authority in your words. You see the next area for some of you, God may be speaking to you by His Spirit challenging you to go a little further in Mark 1 and verse 23 through 26. Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit and he cried out. Let me just go ahead and set some of you at ease. It's okay that you're in the community that God is building called His church and still have issues today. Notice there was a man in the community that God was building and desiring to build in. And yet he had an unclean spirit. It's okay 
the Lord has all authority. But notice what takes place. He cried out in verse 24 saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Do you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. When the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Then they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And immediately his fame spread. Some of you, it's time to go a little further in rebuking the enemy. Some of you, it's time to go a little further in exercising the authority you have in Christ and that as someone that's in covenant with the Father, your Creator, through faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ, you have the right now to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, in your hand and in your mouth. And it's time for you to give no place to the devil any longer, but to begin to rebuke him further. Some of you need to go a little further by, in what you're facing and in your circumstances by rebuking the demons behind the people that's giving you issues. For you fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the Lord saying you've given place too long and I want you to go a little further by rebuking the enemy. There are times the enemy's not going to come out of areas in your life. He's not going to come off areas and circumstances that he's going that he's trying to mess with and cause frustration in until you rebuke him in Jesus name. It's time to come out devil from some areas where you've been trying to hide. It's time for you to come out from areas you've been trying to hold on to. Some of you got to understand that you have the right in Christ to go a little further by rebuking the enemy off of circumstances, off of relationships, off of things that he's trying to mess with and hide in and bring bitterness and confusion. Jesus said, be quiet and come out. Go a little further today by rebuking the enemy. Take a stand like Ephesians 6 says. Get the word of God in your hand. Buke him. The Bible says in James 4, if you'll submit to God and resist the devil, he'll flee from you. You know why he'll flee from you if you're a believer? Because he has no authority over you. Jesus has stripped him of authority. Jesus has robbed him of being able to hold curses of generational poverty and oppression and depression over your life. And you're going to have to stand up and agree with God and agree with this word and stop agreeing with the devil. You're going to have to rebuke him in Jesus' name. Some of you, maybe God is going to say it's time to go a little further in prayer. You see it as Jesus progressed in the plan and the purpose of God. In Mark 1 and verse 35 it says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Notice he went out to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Some of you, I believe the Holy Spirit is challenging you and seeking to stir you to go a little further in prayer. He's not asking you to go from five minutes of prayer now to an hour of prayer. He's just saying, why don't you by faith and believing in the goodness of God and believing that it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, to give you more an experience of His peace and His righteousness and His joy, just go a little further in prayer. If you've had five minutes in the secret place, solitary place of praying to the Father, why don't you just start going a little further and get ten minutes? 
Why don't you give just the Holy Spirit a little more time to go a little more deeper in areas of your heart as you're there in the secret place with the Father. Jesus has a promise to such people. He said if you'll pray in secret, the Father will reward you openly. Oh, that's why you can't judge people and their success and their provisions that they've experienced in life by just outward things because a lot of the outward things you see, you don't realize it. It's because things have happened in the secret place you haven't seen. But God wants to reward you before men. He wants to show His favor upon your life. He wants to show His hand upon your life. He wants to show His goodness in your life because you represent the King and there's no King that wants His people walking around not experiencing the goodness of His rule. Some of you maybe need to go a little further in prayer. Some of you maybe have a great prayer life, but you never prayed all night. We got one coming up in January, our next all-night prayer. A little further in prayer. Maybe going a little further in prayer by getting a little more honest, by opening up areas that you said, you know, Lord, I, I just want to keep this closed. I've been hurt, and, and it's hard for me to trust again. And, but maybe you need to go a little further in prayer by getting a little more open, a little more transparent, a little more inviting to God who's a consuming fire that can absolutely heal and absolutely bind up any brokenness that we carry. Maybe for some of you it's maybe not that, but maybe it's, a little further in purpose. You see this in Mark chapter 1 and verse 37 and 38. It says that when they found him, Jesus, they said to him, everyone is looking for you. Look at his response to this in verse 38. But he said to them, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also because for this purpose I have come forth. And he continued and was preaching in the synagogues throughout all of Galilee and casting out demons. Notice Jesus went a little further in his purpose. He said, listen, I can't just stay here. I know I've had some success. I've had some favor of God. I've had God use me and I've had some blessings show up in my life. But I'm not going to camp out into the level that I followed God at this point. I still got to go a little further. There's other towns. There's other people to reach. There's more influence. And for some of you, it's new contracts. It's new places of business. It's new open doors. It's new relationships. For some of you, it's going a further purpose in your marriage of getting more intimate and more sharing and greater listening and greater communication. But God is saying it's time to go a little further in purpose. Not just a little further in life, but a little further in purpose. See, we can go further in life and grow older, but it doesn't necessarily mean we went further in His purpose for our life. But notice Jesus said, I got another season. I got another town. I have a next project. I got another person to befriend and reach, and I got to go a little further. I love what Edwin Cole said about this, going a little further in purpose. He said, allowing others to make choices for you allows them to create your world. And when they do, they always make it too small. Mm. And I, I'm telling you, the Lord says a little further. Don't allow, notice what they said, everybody's saying, they're all looking for you, Jesus. They all have an expectation what you're to do, where you're to do it, how you're to do it, how you're to use your time. Jesus said, okay, I can't control that. I can't control them, but I have a purpose and i got to go a little further. 
And it's not that you have to go from where you're at now until the full purpose that God has for you. Some of you, maybe God's going to give you witty inventions. He's going to lead you to start a company. Listen, you don't go from zero involvement to that process to then having the full company running full speed. Right now, all you need to do is go a little further. A little further in your faith and trust that the Lord's ordering your steps, that if you'll knock, He'll open doors, that He closes doors that no man can open, that He is with you, that He's guiding you, that He's Jehovah-Rohi, your shepherd, and He's ordering your steps into the good works that He's planned beforehand that you should walk in when you were born again and created in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 2 and verse 10. A little further in purpose. Don't allow others to limit your purpose. Go a little further. Go a little further in following Jesus. Maybe for some of you it's not that, but maybe it's a little further in compassion. See it in Mark 1 and verse 41. It says, Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out His hand, and touched Him. Said to Him, I'm willing to be cleansed. It's interesting because, you know, laying on of hands is, is an elementary teaching of Christ. Hebrews 6, 1 and 2. Jesus' primary way of releasing the ministry of the Holy Spirit was through laying on of hands. But he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to lay hands. There's times he just spoke the word. Wasn't even around and demons left. Fever left. Sickness left. What's interesting is that the the text doesn't say Jesus had to touch this leper. He could have just spoken the word. Everybody else wouldn't have wanted to touch this leper. This leper's been in a season where people were actually running from him withdrawing from him and Jesus went a little further he went a little further in compassion he went a little further than just saying words he went a little further and he made a personal touch into this person's life some of you that's what maybe the Holy Spirit's challenging to do to go a little further in compassion for those that you've been ministering to to stretch out your hand in a practical way in a tangible way to stretch it out notice Jesus stretched out his hand in compassion I know at times it's difficult. That's why they're called the unlovable, because they're very difficult to love. That's why people say they did the unforgivable, because it's very difficult to forgive. But we're not by ourselves. We have an helper, the Holy Spirit, and Christ lives in us, and He gives us grace for what is impossible for us is possible as we trust God. Maybe we need to stretch out our hand a little more in compassion. See, I would think for all of us who are born-again followers of Jesus Christ here today, I would think that all of us would consider the greatest demonstration of God's grace is found at the cross of Jesus Christ where He stretched out His hands. That the greatest demonstration of God's grace in history is where the King, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, stretched out His hands. Here's my point. It is amazing that when we stretch out a little further in areas, how we are then met with the grace of God. I know some of you think, I can't go any further. I've tried all that I know to do. I've spoken to them. I've blessed them. I've prayed for them. I've labored for them. I've sowed tears for them in the secret place. I, I, I can't do anymore. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit just says, go a little further. Go a little further in compassion. Just stretch out a little more in compassion. Stretch out a little more in prayer. Stretch out a little more towards God's purpose for that situation. And watch Him begin to supply. See, listen, we stretch, but He provides us sufficiency. We stretch, but He supplies. 
We stretch, but He strengthens. We stretch and God supplies the ability to have a greater stride. It's demand and supply many times because that's why the just shall live by what? Faith. By faith. See, listen, the impact of a little stretch now can last a lifetime. Just like at that basketball camp, that's what I learned. Just a little stretch now can impact a lifetime then. You never know how just a little faith that leads to a little stretch right now leads to a new season, leads to a breakthrough, leads to a new opportunity in the plan and the purpose of God for you. Just a little stretch. Jesus went just a little further and He found His next men. He found His next season. He found the next experience of seeing the plan of God unfold before His eyes. When you think about a little further, I think about the story in Mark 10, 46 and 52. There was a blind man named Bartimaeus. The Bible says as Jesus and his ministry team and his disciples come to Jericho, that they are beginning to go out of Jericho with his disciples in a great multitude and blind Bartimaeus sat by the road begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Watch this though. Then many warned him to be quiet. They warned him, don't go any further. They warned him, don't go any further in your praise. Don't go any further in your prayer. Don't go further in loud in your excitement for Jesus and, and asking him to, to have more compassion on you. Isn't it good enough, blind Bartimaeus, that you're alive? Don't ask God for any more provisions in your life. Don't ask God to do any more. Just be thankful for what you have. I believe Bartimaeus was thankful for what he had or he wouldn't have made it that far. And I want to tell some of you, I believe you're thankful for what you had or you wouldn't have made it thus far. So don't let people begin to try to quench your faith that you want God to show up in some new ways, in some new mercies. Because I still believe Scripture says that He has new mercies every day. I still believe that He wants to expand your influence for the glory of God and for His name. Can I hear an amen? But they're telling Him, they're warning Him, no, 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 no. Don't believe for anything greater. Don't go after anything greater. Be quiet. I love this. But he cried out all the more. Well, I tell you, you're going to have to do that against religion's voices. I'm telling you, you're going to have to do that against the enemy's voices. You're going to have to do that against the opinions of men, even sincere people. But you're going to have to go a little further. A little further than their opinion, a little further than what they try to demand of you. Because you believe that Jesus wants you to not just be born again, but He wants you to have life and life more abundantly. He wants you to be quickened with all His promises that are yes and amen. A little further. He said, Son of David, have mercy on me. Look at this, verse 49. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer. Rise, he's calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. See, it's not about just being loud. It's not about just being passionate. You being loud and passionate and being hungry, that's a demonstration of your faith and expectancy. See, I don't go just at any time and sit down at the dinner table, Josh, in my house and just sit there wait for food and waste the whole day just waiting. But you know what I do? 
When I smell and hear my wife clanging around, she's a wonderful cook, by the way. I hear her down there. I, I start getting expectancy now. I, I hear. I, then I go down. I'm ready. Feed me. Thank you, Lord. You say, oh, you know, this is 2017. Can't you cook? Well, I can, but we might all die. I mean, <laughs> so, you know, that's her, her lane in victory. And, and I got my lanes of victory and other household duties. But see, he had an expectancy. Cried out all the more. It was a demonstration of his faith. And Jesus stood still. See, some of you think that Jesus is passing you by. You see God working in other people's heart. You see God working in other people's marriages. You see God working in other people's businesses. You see God working in other people's lives. And you see the, the hand of God and the provision of God. And you think Jesus is passing you by. He's not passing you by. He's just demanding something of you before he supplies what it is that he's got for you. What is he demanding you? He's demanding you demonstrate your trust that he is still faithful. That he's a faithful God. And those circumstances and challenges might change me and might change you. It never changes our Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when he cried out all the more, Jesus stood still. Stood still. I know some of you, you're called of God. In fact, every one of you that's born again is called of God. We are all priests in the New Testament. We are all workers and co-laborers with him. You have a calling. You have a kingdom assignment. And you know that. But you're not walking in it. And you say, what now? What's next? I tell you what's next. Just go a little further. Just go a little further. What the Lord's demanding of you now, trust Him in that and watch Him continue to supply. Come to where He's standing in victory. Come to where He's standing already at rest with authority. Just come a little further. Because the impact of a little further now can last a lifetime. You see next in Mark chapter 2 and verse 13. Mark chapter 2 and verse 13. We follow Jesus and follow Him through the gospel of Mark today. It says, then He went out again. Someone say again. He went out again by the sea and all the multitude came to Him and He taught them. Verse 14, as He passed by, He saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office and He said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Verse 15. Now it happened as he was dining in Levi's house that many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples for there were many, many disciples and they followed him. Well, this is, this is good. Mark says here that Jesus went out again. And he went out again by the sea. What does Mark have in mind here? He has in mind what he's already recorded in chapter 1. When Jesus previously had walked by the sea and he found Simon and Andrew, then he went a little further and he found James and, and uh, Andrew. James and John. Now this is interesting because when Jesus went a little further, he had found two of the men that the Father had for him. The reason this text gives account to those two men is because they became part of the twelve, the twelve apostles. There were many disciples at this time that followed him, but we don't have an account of all of that because the gospel only accounts those who became part of the twelve apostles. Okay, So Jesus has two. He's found two. 
But I can imagine as he's walking along, he thinks, when's the next breakthrough coming? When's the next men going to arrive that I'm to train to make disciples of all nations? And then as he went out a little further, the two became four. You know what that's called? Multiplication. Now, Mark says, Jesus goes out again. And this time he goes out, and the result is the addition of Levi. But the addition of Levi is not just the addition of Levi, because Levi has a whole circle of influence with sinners. And Jesus said, I didn't come to call the righteous. The righteous don't think they need a doctor. I came to call the sick. He's the great physician, and he heals the greatest sickness of all, which is our heart that wants to be our own God, our own king, live like Burger King and have it our own way, and, and just do what we want. But he goes out again. He finds Levi. The addition of Levi then brings about relationship with many sinners coming to sit at the table with Jesus and his disciples. Here's my main point of observation I want us to see. That going a little further and going out again brought about experiencing more of the Father's purpose for Him. And it's the same for you. That it's just a little further. Or sometimes it's just going out again and where you've already seen the hand of the Lord working in your life. That it allows you to move and to experience more of the Father's will for you. Kingdom multiplication and kingdom addition happened here for Jesus. It's no different in our lives, I suppose. That many of us have experienced some of God's working and promises in our lives, but then other things take place. Sometimes even good things take place. Sometimes even great things take place. Sometimes it's negative things. And all these things take place and we forget to go out again where we found God working and moving in our life before the things happen. You find often that the Apostle Peter in Scripture says, I remind you. Paul often would tell in his letters, do you not know? And he was saying, you should know, because I taught you. But do you not know? He's calling them to remembrance. Is that not what life's cares and the devil's attack seeks to do? is to cause us to forget and not know where we previously have experienced God working, God faithful, God's goodness, God's voice. And this is what we learn from following Jesus, that you just need to go out again in the areas where you've seen God move, where you've seen God's favor, where you've seen God had been working in you and through you before. You need to go out again in those things. Sometimes it's asking this question, how did I follow Jesus before to experience His victory? Yeah, maybe the circumstance is different. Maybe the issue you need to be delivered through or healed about is different than before, but the question still gets to the root of it. How did I, in following Jesus before now, experience the victory He had for me? And the answer to that is probably will lead you to go out again in the same way you trusted Him before. To demonstrate your faith in Him. How previously, before I went through all that I went through, did I live and have a more kingdom perspective? How did back then I have more peace and more joy? It's so that I hear, go out again then in those areas. See, sometimes there are pressing needs in our most recent season that we've went through. 
And maybe coming out of that season, we conclude that God isn't going to bring any further kingdom fruit like He did before. See, I have found this in my life, that it is possible for me to experience pessimism even after previous moments of God's power and fruitfulness in my life. And it's the same for all of us. That life tries, even after past victories, to bring present pessimism. And it leads us to this question. Has your expectancy for God working in a situation become pessimistic? If so, maybe the Lord's saying, go out again. Go out again in faith like you did before to experience God working, God's deliverance, God's favor, God's promises showing up in your life. Maybe for others that's here today, the first time you went out after something that God led you to, you failed. Maybe the first time you try to reach out to someone that hurt you and have a conversation with them, you failed in it. You end up getting upset. Maybe you cussed. Still got to get the Peter cut out of your, your heart. Maybe you went out after something God had for you and you failed. You demonstrated the flesh. Maybe you went out to try to reach someone, yet they were totally non-responsive and it began to affect you of being willing to share your faith and share the goodness of God with others. Maybe you had a bad experience. Maybe you tried and didn't get the result that you expected. Have you failed at something you've tried for God? Well, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit's saying to you, go out again. Go out again trusting Him. You see it time and time again that God allowed people to go through things. And the things was not a reflection that He didn't call them to it. But He used that to build them so that the next time they went out, they went out with more trust in Him, more of His character, more of His sufficiency. Oh, if I judge the early part of dwelling place by what we went through, I and my wife and family wouldn't be here any longer. But we go out again. We go out in the community again. We went out in the pulpit again. We went out in serving again. We went out again. And some of you, it's time to go out again. It's time to believe God again. It's time to put pessimism and your past failures behind and know the Lord is doing a new thing. So go out again trusting in Him. When Jesus came out of the wilderness, He goes to Nazareth where He had been brought up. He goes into the synagogue, which was His custom. He turns and takes the scroll and turns to Isaiah 61. He tells those who's listening, He says, Today it's fulfilled in your hearing. Luke gives account of this. He continues on the story in Luke 4 and 22. So all bore witness to Him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of His mouth. Notice that. The people now are astonished. They're, they're astonished at His gracious words, at His authority, His teaching. But then they start saying, is this not Joseph's son? Look at, as you continue the story in Luke 4 and 28, so all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, those things as Jesus began to tell them, that there were many widows in the day of what our sister read during the offering. There were many widows in the day of famine. But the prophet was only sent to one. They start getting mad now. Then he said there was many lepers in the day of Naaman, but the prophet was only sent to one. They go from 
being amazed at His gracious words to now watch this. They're filled with wrath. They rose up and thrust Him out of the city and they led Him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built that they might throw Him down over the cliff. Then passing through the midst of them, He went His way. I want to tell some of you that in following Jesus, you need to be like Jesus. You're going to have to pass through the midst of some of those them type. Listen to me. You're going to have to pass through those that's going to choose to remain bitter. You're going to have to pass through those that's going to choose to continue to be offended at you. You're going to have to pass through those who ultimately don't desire peace and reconciliation and are against you. You're going to have to pass through them if you're going to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Notice what it did. Jesus passed through the midst of them and He went His way. Listen, I can't go your way and you can't go my way. But we all can go the way and that's following Him. And you're going to have to realize you're going to have to pass through some midst of some people that are no longer for you. That are still upset and holding on to the past. But you're going to have to go through the midst of them. You know why? Because it's time to move forward in what God has for you. You're an overcomer by faith. You're an overcomer of the past by faith in Jesus through His blood and His body that was broken. And you're going to have to go out again in the way that God has for you. It might be some past employees that are still upset. You're going to have to still go through the midst of them and go your own way in obedience to the Father. You're going to have to let some people who choose to remain mad and angry stay mad and angry, but you're going to have to pass through the midst of them. You're going to have to move forward in following Jesus and what God the Father has for you. You're going to have to move past some people that might not be excited that you're falling in love with Jesus, that you're growing more like Jesus, that you're seeking first the kingdom, that He's actually priority even over earthly things for you. You're going to have to pass through the midst of them and go your way that the Father has for you so the question is though are are you willing to go out again in the way that God has for you after passing through the midst of those who choose to remain angry don't stay camped out at waters of bitterness don't stay camped out in places of complaining don't stay camped out in hurts of the past you're going to have to go to the midst of that you're going to have to let them speak let them be angry but your eyes are on what? following Jesus forward following Him forward following in His footsteps and moving forward in the purpose that God has for you see sometimes we are tempted to settle for less than what God is put in our hearts and it is following Jesus forward that brings us to a moment to confront such an issue and it's in this confrontation that the Spirit of God hopes it leads you to going out again and what God has for you going out again in the way of victory going out again in the way of peace going out again and following Jesus' footsteps Sometimes all it is is just a little further for what you're asking, what you're going through. And sometimes it's just going out again, reaching out again, trusting again, taking a step out of the boat again. But this time, God's worked in you. He's made you more like Him. It's amazing where God has maybe allowed you to fail in the past, how He makes you succeed in the future. Just because you tried before don't mean you shouldn't try in faith again. Go out again. 
I had this message in my heart and, and God provided a great illustration. I have picked up since God has provided the place that we live now and the season that He's brought us to after 15 and a half years of marriage, three children. I've picked up now hunting and uh, had a desire growing up to hunt and just never really had the opportunity to hunt. The other day I was out hunting there on our property and I went into our front stand. Now if you're not a hunter, it's okay. Romans 13, right? There's peace. You can read that. Still love each other in Jesus. That's fine. I hunt for food. Okay, so I don't just kill to kill. We, we eat God's provision. So He gave us dominion over the earth. But I went out that morning. My in-laws were there with us. And I knew they would be leaving later in the day. So I went out that morning and I sat in the front stand. And after a couple hours, the wind started picking up. And I said, you know, my in-laws will probably be leaving soon. So the garage is going to open. You're going to hear the kids. It's amazing how sound travels in the woods here a long ways. When there's nothing else making noise. So I get down from the stand and it's, you know, still early. And I say, you know what, I'm just going to walk around. It was, it was nice temperature wise so I walk up to the front of my property and we have a, a campsite area and I walk down, it's a clearing and as I'm walking back on the main drive to my right I see this doe this doe's feeding between the main drive and the house at this point I've, I've not shot anything nor tried to shoot anything it's getting you know later in the season and uh my son's really excited to start eating deer meat and stuff. So he started putting the pressure on me. He's like, Dad, stop waiting for a buck. Because I told him, no, I want, it, I want the first kill to be a, a, a buck. And then my two little girls are like, no, you know, leave the girls alone, you know. <laughs> so we're all going after the men. But it's getting late in the season, and my son convinced me. He said, Dad, we need some food. You, you see, you see the, the, even a doe take it. And this doe wasn't a little doe, but she was a decent-sized doe. But it was a difficult shot because I'm hunting with the bow. It's uphill in a clearing, about 45 yards, and I remember I'm walking. So I have to, I'm, I get behind this tree and I'm watching this doe feed. I get everything ready, find out my, my glove's too thick. I can't get my finger into where you pull the trigger. I throw my glove off. And I line up and I'm waiting for her to come back into this clearing. She comes back in this clearing. I take the shot. I see her leg go up like that, and I knew I missed her. Shot under. Too far of a shot, and it was uphill. Not a great angle. She goes in the woods and starts feeding again. Didn't realize what had happened. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got another shot. So I go, I have another arrow. I recock the bow, get the arrow in, and I'm now trailing this doe as she's feeding. I come around this split in our drive and I'm standing behind this tree and I step out to stand up and she's right in this clearing, right on the other side of my drive. And I go to line her up and when I do, she looks back, she goes, Whoosh. she throws that tail up and she takes out. I'm like, well, it's over now. So I walk up to the house, go in, say goodbye. The uh, grandparents and Michelle's parents are getting ready to leave and so go through all that. And you know, I said, you know what? It gets towards evening. I said, you know what? I'm going to go out again. I'm going to go out again. First shot, failed. I'm going to go out again. So I'll go back to this area where there's bucks I have on camera and I've been 
calling them in and I, I go out and I put some scent down. I do a mock scrape. I find me a tree. Now, if you normally if you bow hunt, you want to get up in the stands. Because the deer's got to get close to you. They have good noses like some of you. Smell scented candles from like three houses over. You're like, oh, I need to go visit my neighbors. They got apple pie. I can smell it, you know. But I'm sitting up against this oak tree. And I said, you know, I got nothing to lose. I get the buck call out. I do a, a deer grunt. I'm talking within 40 seconds. I see this big, this big buck come around the bend. And he's coming right towards me. I don't even have the bow cocked yet. I'm like, oh my God. I start shaking. I cock it. Then I'm trying to get the arrow in place, get it. And by that time, I mean, he, he's like for me to Michelle here. I mean, and he don't have a clue I'm there. And I, I take him down. Eight-pointer. Nice deer. We've been eating well here lately. But here's my point. I think about the first buck that I ever killed with the bow on my property. If I didn't go out again after that miss, if that moment would have ever happened. Because that does not happen. Listen, you don't go out on the ground and within a minute and a half have an eight-pointer. It just don't happen. I give God all the glory because I need His help when it comes to hunting. That's the end of the story. You're like, really, right? I'm not a great hunter. But how much in other places of our life is it like that? We try to reach out to a friend or we try to reach out to a sibling or we try to reach out for a new career or a new goal or we try to reach out and we feel we failed. But I hear the Lord wanting to encourage some people, go out again. Go out again. The failure doesn't change His faithfulness. Your struggles doesn't change His sufficiency. God says, for some of you, you're asking, what do I do? And all these things, just go a little further. Go again. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you would like more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org.